0: amen that was exciting that uh, gave me chills and down my back that was a good introduction for what I have on my mind this morning that was just that was exciting so uh, praise the Lord we get together together with the people of God here and and worship together and be encouraged together um, this morning I have a, a meditation I, I just um, been thinking about something for a few weeks, and uh, the message last Sunday that Elvin preached, uh, what was the title, Elvin? Do you remember? Families for God. Families for God. Yeah, Yeah, but the, the the, yeah, it was kind of a message to the fathers, I don't remember the exact title, but um, it was a little bit what I'd been thinking on that previous week, or that week, and so it really spoke to my heart what uh, Brother Elvin shared last Sunday, kind of building on that, and then I was on the calendar for uh, the last Sunday, and we're not going to be here, and so I was trying to, uh, yeah, think about when it would suit, and uh, well, maybe next Sunday, so I just, yeah, I'm just excited to be here, and what God has laid on my heart. Um, I typically like to kind of have an outline, and have something to go by, and I don't have that today, so I uh, apologize for that. I hope I can... Keep my thoughts together and you can follow along, but I do have something on my heart that I've been thinking about and I'll try and bring it out. But uh, I had to think about a song um, this morning it says, My soul be on thy guard, ten thousand foes arise, the host of sin are pressing hard to draw thee from the skies. And that's uh, kind of summarizes what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about influence and last sunday we heard about the fathers and and so i was pondering that some myself the influence that our father had on us and you sisters that that your father and your mother had on you and we're all a son or daughter of a father and a mother and our mother and father were, was a son or daughter of a mother and father, and so on it goes. And there's an influence there, whether we want to admit it or not. And as I look at myself and see traits in my life, and, and I can look at my dad and say, well, yeah, that, that, that looks just like him. Um, and, and then I can look back and say, oh, yeah, what I know about my grandpa, well, I can see some of that in him, too. And all of us can uh, identify with that, if if we will, whether we like it or not. Um, Maybe good things, maybe bad things. And so there is an influence there. Because we are sons and we are daughters of a mother and a father. And maybe you can say, well, my dad was never part of my life. You know, there's people that have that testimony. But there's an influence there. And that influence was nothing. The influence was He wasn't a part of your life, and that, that that shapes us, that molds us, that does something to us. And so as each one of us are sons or daughters, I want to think about us also um, being sons of God. And I think about God's Word, and I am just marvel, I don't know if I marvel, but it's just a blessing to to see the truth in God's Word. As I as I live, get older, reflect on the past and see life has unfolded and things have happened. And, and, and as things happen and, and things come and things go, we can reflect on that and think, well, yeah, that's, this happened. And then maybe sometime later this happened as a result or effect. And well, that's, that lines up with what God's word says. So as we go along in life, I believe God is, is proving his word, whether we uh, see it or not, that God is proving his word. I want to look at some of that today, but we are sons of God. And just a few quick references there in, uh, in John, uh, epistle of John chapter 3, it says, uh, uh, let's see, verse 1, beloved, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God? Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. These are just some references in the Bible. You know, it's just a few. That we are the sons of God. It's, it's true. And in Hebrews 12 it says, It um, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If we endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? Just another reference that that we are the son of God and and there is an influence there. There should be an influence there. That's not the message this morning, but I just want to uh, probably the, the the thrust of the message is is a warning who is influencing you. What is influencing us and, and the, the effect that it does have on us. But just a few references, a few more references here that we are the sons of God. Romans eight, 14 For as many as were led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We're acknowledging we have a Father. We are a son. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs with God and joint heirs with Christ. And so on. And John... The Gospel of John, chapter 1, um, verse 12, uh, verse 11. He came into his own, this is Jesus, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So just a few references that we are the sons of God. And there should be an influence there from God. And we should be able to look back and, and say, oh, yes, I see that trait. And yes, that's that's a godly trait, just like we do with our fathers and our mothers. You know, I can look back. I said, my father, I can do the same with my mother. I can see influences there that, that oh, that that's kind of like my mother. And oh, I, yeah, that's kind of like grandpa. What I know of him. And maybe some of you can't do that, but but there's still it's it's there. And so we are the sons of God. So I want to think about influence. I was thinking about that some uh, last Sunday, and Elvin touched on it a little bit. I think maybe he said he didn't, wasn't planning on getting into it, but I guess I am planning on getting into it. Thinking about influence, and I want to read a little bit in, in, uh, in Proverbs and we can take what I'm going to read can be taken as a literal application, but I want to kind of take it more as a—I uh, don't know what you call it—allegory, or there may be a better word that that defines it. But thinking about influence in our life, the influences that are there, and particularly thinking about the influence of the music that we listen to and the technology that we have access to. And we're thinking about how that is coming in and influencing us. What kind of influence is this having? And I guess part of the reason God got me thinking about it was just being along in life and older children growing up, starting their own homes, their own families, still having younger children, thinking about where, reflecting back on where I've been in the past 40 plus years. And the influences that were on my life 20 years ago, and the influences that are on my life five years, 10 years ago, five years ago, and even this week or, or, you know, a month ago. What kind of influence that has on my life, how that is, what I'm passing on to my children, the next generation, the influence that that's having on their life, and so on. It goes. Let's read here in Proverbs. Uh, Let's start. I guess we'll just kind of go through here as it comes. We'll start in chapter 4. Uh, verse 14 thinking about influence and guarding our hearts against the influence some influences we can't help uh, the influences of our parents we can't really help uh, how they influenced us or or you know personality traits and things like that that are passed down we can't help it but there are things that we can help We can we can choose where we go we can choose what we look at we can choose we can't always choose what we hear, we can't always choose what we look at, but we can choose what comes into our hearts. So, verse 14 of chapter 4. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. For they sleep not. Now, I'm thinking about, try to, to follow my thought here, we're not just speaking about evil men, but the, the influences that are pressing upon us, the wicked evil forces that are pressing upon us, um, they sleep not except they have done mischief and their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. So what he was saying to, to start this out is avoid the path of the wicked. Don't go there. Don't listen to that stuff. Don't listen. Don't look at that. Avoid it because the the sole purpose of it is to cause somebody to fall, cause somebody to stumble. Probably not going to get real practical as far as things that we listen to and things that we look at. But those are the two focuses that I'm thinking about: is the kind of music that we listen to, and what we look at on the internet. What kind of techni- technology influence we let on our let into our minds. And verse 20. And remember, a lot of this is speaking to sons, and I'm not excluding the ladies in this. But we are sons of God, and that's what the Bible calls us sons of God. So all of us together, this is a word from God. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And in Matthew, Jesus says, But the things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murderers, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. It all comes out of the heart. So the admonition here is to keep your heart. Guard it. Uh, I feel like, you know, keep it inside. Keep it close by. Don't just give it out to to whatever uh, for that kind of influence, but keep it. Guard it. Um, Protect what comes into it. Protect what it sees. Protect what it hears. Because all this influence, out of it comes evil thoughts, murderers, adulteries, fornications, if we allow those kind of things into our heart, we look at it, we hear about it, we listen to it, we communicate with it, the greater potential is that's what's going to come out. So I'm going to read on in chapter 5. Again, this could have a literal interpretation and I'm not trying to use these verses to put down the ladies and, and to paint a picture that, that you're all just out there flaunting yourselves and, and uh, you know, behaving yourselves uncommonly. But I want us to get a, a picture here of the deception and, and the, the influence of our life. In chapter 5, My son, attend to my wisdom and bow thine ear to my understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion, and that thy lips may keep knowledge. And right after that, he follows it with this here picture. For the lips of a strange woman drop as honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Think about the influence here. The, 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 it looks good. It tastes good. But the end, look at the end of this evil influence. Her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold on hell. Lest thou shouldst ponder the path of life, her ways are movable, that thou canst not know them. Hear me now therefore, O ye children, and depart not from the words of my mouth. And here's, here's some more instruction about thinking about influence. Remove thy way far from her, and come not nigh the door of her house. Lest thou give thine honor unto others, and thy years unto the cruel lest strangers be filled with thy wealth and thy labors be in the house of a stranger. And thou mourn at the last when thy flesh and thy body are consumed and say, how have I hated instruction and my heart despised reproof and have not obeyed the voice of my teachers nor inclined mine ear to them that instructed me. In our youth, we think, I can do this. I can listen to that, it won't hurt me. I can look at this and that'll be just fine. I was down that road a ways, not as far as some, praise the Lord for that. But there are things that I put into my mind as a youth that still come up, and I wish they weren't there, especially in the line of music. It's not as powerful as it was, but especially if I hear something on the job site or somewhere, and it will will bring a flashback, and and that song will just be there like as if I heard it yesterday. And so we can, you know, I could take that and just, okay, just recite it and sing along with it and, and keep that influence there close to my heart. Or we can reject it Remove thy way. Remove it far from me. Make a deliberate choice to to walk away, to get away, to to stop my ears, whatever it might be. However you make the application. That's what I want want us to think about this morning and what he's saying here and what we're reading. Uh, let's see, there's there's just a lot here that could be read. Um, let's drop down to chapter 6, verse 20. My son, keep thy father's commandment, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart, and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. <coughs> when thou wakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. And what's this all about? Right, right after he gives this, this uh, encouragement to keep commandments, immediately goes into this to keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. Again, I'm not trying to put down the ladies. Uh, this is God's word. And then this is what I'm just getting out of it. <clears throat> heed, these in, heed the instructions of, of, your, of your parents, of your authorities, to keep thee from the evil influence because it says, Lest not, in verse 25, Lest not after her beauty in thine heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. For by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread, and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. The influence that we let into our life can bring us to Ruin. And then he goes on to explain this a little bit in verse 27. Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes be, not be burned? Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not get burned? So he's saying the obvious is if we play with fire, we're going to get burned. And the same way with the influence. If we allow a, a, a wrong influence, whether it be, you know, in today's society, uh, almost everything can be have Christian to it. You know, you can even have Christian rock, which is two opposite opposing forces, and somehow the, the world has put it together, and, and, and that deception is there. But he says, you, you can't take fire in your hands and not get burnt. You can't take this evil influence and not get burnt by it. You can't take it and, and expect that you're not ever going to have any uh, repercussions or consequences. And then verse 29, So he that goeth into his neighbor's wife, so he that, or whosoever toucheth her shall not be innocent. Whoever touches and listens to or gets a hold of this unclean thing, it's going to have some effect. It's going to bring us down. Just like the way of going into a strange woman or into someone else's wife. And, and more of the same, but uh, I believe it, it just... It's noteworthy in chapter 7. My son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live and my law as the apple of thine eye. Bind them upon thy fingers and write them upon the table of thine heart. Say unto wisdom, thou art my sister and call understanding thy kinswoman. And he goes right into this again. After giving instructions for wisdom and understanding, he goes into protecting ourselves against the influence, that evil influence. Um, Thou art my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman, that they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger with flattereth with her words. Now think about what we're going to read next here as, as influence, that evil influence coming into us. For at the window of my house, I looked through my casement, and behold, among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding, passing through the street near her corner. There he was. He was close by this evil influence. And he went the way to her house. Went right into, right, right beside it, in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. Nobody's going to see. I can just do this in the dark. Behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot and subtle of heart. Here comes this influence. Looks good. She is loud and stubborn, her feet abide not in her house. Now is she without, not now in the streets, and lieth in wait at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him, and with an impudent face said unto him, I have peace offerings with me. This day have I paid my vows. Therefore come I forth to meet thee. Diligently to seek thy face I have found thee. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry and carved works with fine linen of Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloe, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with loves. For the goodman is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He hath taken a bag of money with him, and he will come home at the day appointed. And with her much fair speech... She caused him to yield, and the flattering of her lips, she forced him. <clears throat> thinking a little bit, maybe in this allegory, or this picture of the uh, CCM, and I'm thinking, bringing a little bit of thoughts in from thinking too uh, for a little while of John D's messages he brought here and and we went to Sharon Bethel and kind of heard a repeat again it just refreshed it in my mind a little bit and was pondering that you know that the influence that is there mixing a little bit of, of Christian with uh, with some yeah I, I don't have all the words but John explained it very well I thought and I get the picture of what what I just read right here. It's good. It tastes good. It sounds good. It feels good. Has some good words. But what's the end of it? With her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattery of her lips, she forced him. We allow this into our heart. It's much as, as much fair speech, there's a little bit of good and a little bit of good, and, and we keep thriving on this little bit of good while we're putting all the bad in along with it. And before long, he goeth after her straightway as an ox goeth to the slaughter. Just, just right to it. Doesn't, no thought of, uh, that he's going to get killed. Or as a fool to the correction of the stalks, till a dart strike through his liver, as a bird hasteth to the snare, and knoweth not that it is for his life. <clears throat> hearken unto me now, therefore, O ye children. Here, we, here again, we're the sons of God. This is God speaking to us, every one of us. He's, he's hearken to me. Listen to what I'm saying. Attend to the words of my mouth. Let not thine heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her paths. For she hath cast down many wounded. Yea, many strong men have been slain by her. So it's not just the weak and wounded individuals that get taken by this. It can be the strong person too. I can listen to this. I, I, I have a relationship with God. I am, I am uh, you know, I'm filled with the Spirit. I can look at this, whatever it is on the Internet, whatever news it might be, whatever, whatever thing that may not be all necessarily bad in itself. But I can, I can put this influence into my life. I can do it. But it says many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. So I was thinking about this influence. And I had to think, well, in Ecclesiastes, it says... uh, The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. Is there anything whereof it may be said, "See, this is new"? It hath been already of old time, which was. It hath been already of old time, which was before us. I had to think about that. And even in our own life, I think well, we have so many forces against us uh, that our parents didn't have. But yet, God's word says there's nothing new. And so I had to think about this and I'll try and uh, draw an illustration on the board here. But so there's nothing new. So I'm going to say we have. Lust of flesh, lust of eye, pride of life. Three things, not new. We can go back to the Genesis account, and we can read and we can see the lust of flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. It's all there. So, we have this influence, and we had one serpent. I'm not sure if that's the right word or not. Right way to spell it. Anyhow, and then down here, we also have the lust of flesh and lust of I, and pride of life. Same thing. Nothing new. 2,000 years old. Same thing. Three things. But, the difference that I see is, in this one here, we have hundreds and thousands of other kinds of things. We have the internet at our fingertips and we can open it up to whatever we want. And we have all that going into our mind. Say maybe a hundred years ago to get information about your neighborhood, the next neighborhood over, or maybe even around the world, you had one newspaper. And maybe it come once a week. And you would read that newspaper and you'd be influenced by that. There'd be that influence of, oh, this is going on in the next town a hundred miles away. Or this happened on the other side of the world if you if they had that any kind of information then i didn't really look into it but the amount of influence that was going into our minds would have been very limited one newspaper and you could go places by uh walking or maybe a horse and a carriage and so you wouldn't go very far your circle of influence would maybe be five miles, the people in that five-mile radius. Well, now we can get in our car and we can drive hundreds of miles in one day, or we can get in the airplane and we can fly around the other side of the world in in a day or two, or we can get on our computer and we can visit anywhere in the world that we want to, and all of that is going into our minds. Lust of the eye, lust of flesh, and the pride of life. Still the same thing. It's the same thing they had to influence them 100 years ago. But there's a lot more avenues that we are facing today than what they did back then. But it's nothing new. So again, my soul be on thy guard. Ten thousand foes arise. I don't know when that song was written. I didn't look at it, but that was that was what he, how he felt about it, or she, whoever it was, back then. <clears throat> what could we sing today? Ten million foes arise to to draw us from the skies. And I wonder. I had to think about this this morning as I was just meditating and pondering and trying to get my thoughts together where I could maybe present them in a way that, that would make sense. And this verse come to mind, and this was written, you know, this was soon after Jesus' time, and I don't know what all the fulfillment of this is, but I had to think about this. In Revelations chapter 12... And the great dragon was cast out, that old servant called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Drop down a few verses. Therefore, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them, no, therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and dwell them. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And on down it says, And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. And I had to wonder, does Satan know that his time is short? And does he know that his time is getting shorter and shorter and shorter and his wrath is getting greater and greater and greater and he's going out and he's rounding up more and more and more people and influence to bring against the people of God? I don't know. But I wonder, I had to think about that. Is that why in our day, that we had so much influence that they didn't have in our in our society anyway a number of years ago. So just thoughts to ponder. That's some of my some of my meditations. And some of the things that I've been pondering. <clears throat> you now there's a practical way to to uh, Practical ways, practical things we can do. Uh, as we read this morning in Proverbs, you know, to, to turn away, don't go into it. And just another, maybe a couple, some practical things here, just examples of, of God's Word. Uh, pointing out that there are practical steps. Yes, it is, it is the heart. We hear that a lot. Well, it's just the heart. It's just the heart. Well, indeed, it is the heart. But we read that out of the heart proceeds all these evil things. Oh, uh, let's see. It's Proverbs 22, I think. Oh, here it is. Uh, just a, an example of a practical thing that, that or example that we have steps to take. And it's not just kind of, oh, well, just what comes what it is. But in uh, Proverbs twenty-two, twenty-four, make no friendship with an angry man. With a furious man, thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. We might have to make a choice of what we listen to or what we look at, because we might learn his way and become a snare to our soul. And in verse uh, or chapter twenty-three says, "When thou sittest to eat with a ruler, consider diligently what is before thee." So here's this: uh, you're in the place. Where maybe the pride of life, there's a temptation there. I get to eat with this ruler, this rich man. I mean, this is, a, this is really a, a, a nice thing to do. But he says, consider diligently what is before thee. Consider what you're doing, who you're eating with. Um, and, and put a knife to thy throat if thou be a man given to appetite. Be not desirous of his dainties, for they are deceitful meat. Labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. I guess in verse 3, Be not desirous of his dainties, for they are deceitful meat. So the the point here is he had to do something about it. He was was, uh, sitting with a ruler, uh, a man of great authority. He had a a feast spread before him and realizes he's a man given to appetite. I mean, this is good stuff. I, I like this food. This is the best. And it says, do something about it. Put a knife to your throat, just uh, put on some self, some I self, uh, uh, can't get the word, but discipline, control, yes. And, and only eat what is appropriate. And then he says, labor not to be rich, cease from thine own wisdom. Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings, they fly away as an eagle toward heaven. So he's telling us to do something about it. Don't labor just to get an accumulation of, of wealth and riches and be, the, be you know, one of the top ten richest in the world or, or even the, one of the top richest in your community or whatever it might be. But do something about it. Don't labor for that. Because it's deceitful. The things we put into us, the things we allow to influence us. Uh, verse 6, Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an eagle eye, neither desire thou his dainty meats. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. Now think again about the the deception of, of music. Come in, come and eat, come and drink, come take this to the full. It sounds good, it feels good, it makes me happy. But but the heart, it, it's it, it, personalizing it, I guess, a little bit, but its heart is not with you. Its heart is not for your good, but its heart is to bring you down. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. The morsel which thou hast eaten shalt thou vomit up and lose thy sweet words. So yes, again, I guess I'll just close with that, um, that hymn, uh, reciting that first verse again. My soul be on thy guard, ten thousand foes arise. The hosts of sin are pressing hard to draw thee from the skies. God bless you.